Well, good morning. It's great to see all of you. I'm Pastor Kyle Thompson. Thank you for being here, worshiping in our modern sanctuary, joining us from downstairs in our traditional sanctuary, or watching online or listening to our podcast. We have a lot of ways to worship together, but one God, one church, and one message. Uh, so glad you're here as we're continuing in a sermon series called All Hands on Deck, in which we're talking about how we can agree to plug into the church to serve God in 2023. And we're looking at the core values of our congregation. Last week, we talked about the core value of generosity. And today, we're talking about the core value of relationships. And I'm glad to have here today with me, Larry and Alexis, to come and talk about some of their relationships in our church. Let's give them a hand, because it takes some uh, guts to get up here in front of everybody. We appreciate you guys. And maybe we could just begin asking you all how long you've been a part of our church, and maybe talk about the relationship that you guys share as friends in faith. Uh, I have been in this church for about two years now, but my family has been here for over three years. They found this church uh, back then when uh, we're still worshiping in, in the theater, and because of the way the people from the church were friendly to one of my brother-in-law's, uh, it made him kind of invite the rest of my family to come. I was still in another church, uh, but later I decided to join the rest of my, my, my family here. So that's how I kind of joined this church. My wife, Karen, and I first came here in early 1973. So in a few months, it'll be 50 years. Uh, tells you how old I am. Our, our first Sunday school class was led by Sarah DeBerry, and that morphed into the young adult class, if you can believe that. Uh, we have had the privilege of knowing hundreds of people here over the years. Our children were baptized here, they grew up in the church, and many of our closest friends are here today. Yeah, for the relationships that we've, oh, I have formed with Larry and the rest, the people in the church. Uh, a few months ago, I reached out to Pastor Kyle, uh, asking him if he can connect me with someone that I can uh, take as like a mentor or someone who can, who I can learn from. And uh, he said he's going to pray about it and uh, reach out to people in the church. And one of the people he connected me with was Riley, and um, since he connected me with him, we started meeting up and talking about different uh, aspects of life, uh, starting with the matter of faith as a Christian, and uh, we've moved further into uh, discussing about like personal development, uh, learning from his experiences and uh, what he's done in his life and sharing my life and cultural differences uh, coming from Africa to here and uh, trying to learn the American culture. There's so much you can learn from um, from the media, from the TV, from uh, other, from books, but it's different when you're learning from uh, an individual, especially if you share the same kind of faith and uh, I've been learning a lot from Larry, and uh, I hope he is doing the same. Thanks, Alexis. When I was working 
one of the things I enjoyed uh, the most was was training and mentoring young staff. Uh, and I felt like in my advanced years, maybe I still had something to offer to young adults. So when Kyle asked me if I would meet with Alexis and enter into a mentoring relationship, I was, I was really excited about doing that. Uh, so far, I'll tell you, I've learned more from him than I think he's learned from me. Uh, you know, even though our cultural backgrounds are different, we're still mostly the same. Uh, we want the same things out of life. We want the same things for our children. But the, the big common denominator uh, that we share is our love for Jesus. I love you guys and your relationship and how you're pouring and investing into one another. It's a two-way street, and I think that is really awesome. Um, also, you guys are both involved in other uh, relationships in our church or in former churches, small groups. Maybe speak to us a little bit about that experience and how it's been positive for you. Uh, I, 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 I'm, I was born from a Christian family, so uh, I grew up in church. And uh, from my church back in, in Uganda, I, I was involved uh, from the early age in, in youth group. I attended youth group through, I would say, it was called like secondary school. And from like maybe junior and high school here. And uh, I, we built relationships with different people, and those relationships have been basically continued all the way up to now. There's some people that I was with in the same youth group that we still talk and we still discuss, discuss different matters of life and share life together. And when I came here, I also uh, joined the church, and I was also in uh, a home group. Uh, because I tend to find that to be uh, more involved than just coming to church on Sunday. That's where you, you, you meet people. That's where you share life. That's where you, you, you basically you, you meet Jesus in a day-to-day -day life. And here in the church, I'm also involved in um, leadership, uh, in, in community engagement. And also I've started helping out with uh, AVL uh, back uh, in my uh, in my days, I, I used to do it for I did it for like seven years before I came here. So I I like being in the background and see how things are moving and attending that morning worship. It's really moving for me, and uh, I just challenge everybody to think about that and um, try to get involved and um, join a house group if you can and uh, talk to Pastor Island. I'm sure and other leaders in the church that can uh, connect you. Thank you. So over the years, I've been involved in uh, Sunday school classes and study groups, uh, been involved in, in leadership groups, uh, service teams, and participated in a lot of group projects. You know, remember, I'm the oldest guy in the room here. Uh, but every time I engage with a new group, uh, I develop new relationships and friendships. So some years back, Nancy Campbell uh, was looking to expand the small group ministry. And I agreed to try to put together a life group and, and to lead that group. Um, I did that, and our group has been together for five years now. Uh, we meet twice monthly. We spend time catching up uh, individually and family. We have devotionals. Uh, we pray, 
and we always ask the question, where have you seen God moving in your life or in the lives of those around you? A lot of our time is kind of fluffy and fun, um, but some of it can be very personal and spiritual. Uh, we all commit to be honest, uh, to be open and vulnerable. And the main things that we do are to love and support one another and to work together to grow closer to God. I will tell you that of all the things I've done uh, here at South Park Church, leading this group has been the most meaningful and rewarding of any of them. Thanks, guys. That's awesome to hear about your experience. And maybe the last thing I can ask you is, what advice would you give those who are here in the room or watching online worshiping with us about connecting in relationships as part of the church? A uh, few weeks ago when I was meeting with uh, Larry, in one of our meetings he said that if he knew uh, as much as he knows now when he was probably my age, he would be a dangerous person <laughs> in a good way. So taking that from him, it, 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 I started thinking about this, and it meant so much to me in terms of saying, why can I invest my time and my energy in trying to learn as much from him, from all those experiences in life? Like he said, we shared a lot of like family. We have kids. He has had kids, and oh, I still have kids. And uh, being a Christian, uh, trying to be a leader, and helping other people. So trying to enhance my life from his life experiences, I think it's something everyone in in the church should probably be looking up to. Uh, sometimes you may, especially like when we first came here, you may start to feel like lonely or you, you don't have someone to talk to, uh, but I can guarantee you that there's some people in the church who are like you, and if you offer yourself out there to uh, start sharing your life with others, there's so much you can offer, and there's so much other people can offer, and you can be one body in Christ and learn from one another and encourage one another. That's one thing I can uh, encourage everybody to think about and probably join uh, one another in following Christ. Thanks, Alexis. I, I, would, I would remind you all, I guess, that we have something here that a lot of people in our community don't have. We have Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Uh, we have the Word of God available to us, you know, right here inside this iPad or in whatever other uh, format you want it, anytime you want to access it. Uh, we have great traditions here in the church and then finally we have each other uh, as an extended family we are brothers and sisters in Christ uh, we have common aspirations and we have shared experiences uh, and even though we have differences we are 95 percent the same uh, every time we join a group uh, work together on a team or participate with one another on a project, uh, we have the chance to establish a new relationship or enhance the ones that, that were already there. And if you have the opportunity to join together with people who will love you and share your love of Jesus, then why would you not do it? Why would you not do it?
Larry, Alexis, thank you for living out our core value of relationships and for sharing with us today. Let's give them another hand. So it was about a year ago, I was driving uh, across Interstate 45 here in Charlotte, across one of the bridges. And, well, I was trying to drive across one of the bridges, but uh, the police blocked it off. And I was thinking, you know, what's going on? And then I remembered that uh, a law enforcement officer uh, outside of Charlotte had died, and they're having a funeral procession all the way down the interstate. And so at every overpass, uh, they would block that off, block off the whole interstate, and you had local police officers from the city or town that folks were driving through just stand there to honor uh, the police officer who'd fallen in the line of duty. Uh, and if you know anything about police officers or firefighters or even motorcycle groups or gangs, like whenever someone in their group dies, right, people respond to that. Like it's a big deal to turn out and support them. And you can see that in other walks of life as well in, in different areas. Um, today, in the life of our church, it's All Saints Sunday, in which Christians around the world are going to pause as part of their worship service to remember the people in the church that died over the past year and to celebrate their lives and to, miss, to grieve their loss. And so we did that in the traditional service already. We'll do it later in our modern service at the end of our service today. But I think that we Christians also show up when we need each other. When the people that we love and we serve God together with and go to Sunday school or small groups or youth group with or serve at the food kitchen or worship together, when someone dies, we're there for their family. And uh, funerals and memorial service, celebration and life services, we do a lot of talking about memories. And sometimes you wouldn't know that it was a sad occasion because of all the good stories that are shared. And I'm proud of the church for being able to do that and making that a priority. And what I think it also reflects is it's not just at the, the, the grimmest moments, but that it's throughout life, right? The reason we're going to those services and supporting people is because we live life to the full with the people who passed away. And so we have a lot of life experience that we celebrate and we share together. It's not just at the dark moments, but it's in the good moments as well that relationships are so very important in life. And so I'd like to go to scripture today uh, to see what Jesus teaches us about relationships. We're going to be in the Gospel of Matthew, first book of the New Testament, and uh, there's someone who's asked Jesus a question. There's 613 religious laws in the Old Testament the Jewish people had to follow, and this guy wants to know which one is the most important. This is what Jesus teaches us. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, to love God. We keep going. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All of the law, all of the prophets, right, all all the teachings in the Old Testament hang on these two commandments. So what Jesus is telling us in a nutshell is that the most important part of life The most important part of life, the secret of life, is relationships. Relationships with God, relationships with neighbor, and relationships with yourself. We're called to love God and love our neighbors as we love ourselves. So the most important part of life, the secret of living a life to the full, is loving relationships. And your life, what does that look like? 
Are you experiencing life to the full? Are you encountering these loving relationships with God, with neighbor, and with yourself, right? This is what we are to strive to in order to live life to the full, which is what Jesus said he came to give us. He came to give you life, life to the full. And the secret of that are the people that you love, loving God, loving neighbor, and loving yourself. So as Larry and Alexis sat up here today, and as Guy and Cheryl shared with us last week, relationships are the most important part of their encounter in this world with God and being a part of the church. And so in the church, we really pay a lot of attention to relationships, and we try to structure ways for us all to come together. There are the groups that Alexis and Larry mentioned, from our children's ministry groups to our student ministry to our adult groups, uh, life groups, Sunday school classes, right, where we laugh and we joke around, but we also talk about serious things, the things that, that we're excited about in life and the things that challenge us in life, right, that, that if we all were to be a part of a small group in our congregation, that we would all benefit from that tremendously, not just for ourselves, but for each other. We also have social groups, and we have social gatherings. We have coffee and donuts, right? We're going to do that in just a few minutes, and that's going to be great. We, we, we did a Wednesday night dinner. It was so successful. We're going to have another one coming up, right? We want to create opportunities for us to do social things together. And as Larry and Alexis mentioned, right, when we're serving God, right, serving God in leadership positions in the church, going out to feed hungry people, right, we also establish relationships in those ways. And so what would it look like for you in 2023 as part of the South Park Church community to be a part of one of these groups? To plug in if you're not already, to celebrate if you're in one of these groups, to give one of these groups a chance. What could that look like for you in 2023? Again, on the tables outside the sanctuaries, downstairs in the crossroads, there's a, a, just a, a small handout that says Stewardship 2023, and it lists all these things that you could plug into. What could that look like? for you uh, in 2023. Now, when it comes to relationships, right, we have, like to have a lot of fun, too. I want to show you this slide that um, uh, our director of communications, Brad, sent out, right? This is a post-Halloween joke on me. It's, it's a costume, right? You can be a senior pastor, right? Included your new international version of the Bible, casual and formal attire, right? Depends on which room I'm preaching in, uh, and not included all my crazy hand gestures, right? So, Brad, it was awesome, right? This is poking fun at the senior pastor. I love it. It's great, right? He also did these for Cole and for Dr. Katie Ann downstairs and for Chris. So if you want to see what he did for their costumes, just go onto our social media on Instagram or Facebook, and you can see the other ways, right? We like to laugh at each other. We like to have fun, right? It's not just stuffy or just pouring our guts out, right? It's, it, it's, it's a fun time, right? But relationships uh, are also serious, right? We, we celebrate life together, right? Births and baptisms and falling in love and marriages and making the team and, uh, and getting a raise or getting a job, you know, all those fun things that we celebrate in life, making good grades, getting into college. And we also are there for each other during the hard times, right? when the relationship falls apart, when we lose the job, when we are battling an illness or a disease or someone that we love dies, right? When when the hard parts of life come and we want to know what it looks like as followers of Jesus to get through that together, how did you get through this situation when it was you, right? And, and I see that with Alexis and Larry. I see that in the small groups, the life groups in our church. And it's a place where you find support, right? We all go through ups and downs. And we're so much stronger, just like in the book of Acts in the New Testament, when people journey through life together. Now, naturally, as we encounter relationships at home or at work or at school or in the church, 
there are going to be some people that we just like spending time around more than others, right? There's just some people that we click more with than other people. It's easier to be around them. We have a lot in common, or they challenge us to think when we, we don't have something in common. So in our relationships, there are going to be people that we just gravitate towards. And then there are going to be people in our lives that other people might be an acquired taste, if you know what I mean, right? We, we have to go to school with some people. We have to live beside some people. We have to be born in the same family as some people, right? We, sometimes we even have to go to church with some people that we probably aren't our favorite people. You know, there's a myth, right, about church, I think, that all church people get along and we just sit around and we sing kumbaya and everything's happy and all Pollyanna, and sometimes it is. But the church, like any of our other relationships or families, right, also has challenges. Sometimes the church functions well, and sometimes we put the fun and dysfunction in church. And so when we come to church, sometimes there are people who will test and try our patience. And we ask God, how do you want me to love this person? How do you want me to love a crazy person like Pastor Kyle? And so in that time, I think we have to remember that relationships, right, even in church, take work. It's a two-way street, like Larry and Alexis investing in each other. And in the church, just like in the real world, all of us are broken people. And we bring good things to the table, and we bring challenging things to the table. And so as we are broken people in the church, we're seeking to find wholeness in Jesus. And we find that, but it takes time to change our entire lives. And so I want to go back to the Bible to the Apostle Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament. He was a first century pastor in the Mediterranean world. He started a lot of churches, and he'd write them letters. And this is what he wrote to the Colossian Christians about being in a relationship with people in a church community where sometimes we get along and sometimes we don't. We'll see what Paul teaches us. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. What would it look like for you in 2023 to clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience? Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. We're not perfect. Jesus forgives us. Other people are not perfect, even in the church, and we are called to forgive them. Forgive as the Lord forgave you, and over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Maybe go home and use these few verses to read each day this week and think about what would it look like for me in 2023 to ask God to help me live this way in my family, in my neighborhood, in my place of work, in my school, and even in my church. And I love how he wraps it up with put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Right? Love is the key. Love God. Love neighbor, love self. What does it mean to love somebody? Well, in our culture, a lot of love, we think about emotional feelings. And there is a lot of emotion in our love, absolutely. But in the Bible, God teaches us that love, more than an emotion, is a choice. It's an action. It's how we treat people. That we can love people who we don't like. Love is, is treating people like Jesus treats us. We're kind, we're compassionate, we're humble, we're forgiving, even when the person doesn't, forget, doesn't deserve it, when they don't ask for it. Love is a choice, it's an action, it's how we treat, treat people. And so God's asking us to be kind and humble in all these things to people, even when we don't like them. Now, in my life, when I've had to love people that I don't like, I usually, 
right? When I'm treating them like Christ treats me, I warm up to them a little bit more, right? And so I think that's part of God's plan. When we're loving people with our actions, we begin to have more of an emotional connection to them or at least try to understand where they're coming from and why we are butting heads. Maybe another way to think about it is my wife and I have uh, our own individual grown-up friends. Laura has a group of women that she's very close with in different relationships. I have a group of guys that I have different friendships with, and I would consider brothers in my life. And uh, when I look at Laura's friends and when she looks at my friends, we're, we're supportive of that. We're glad that each other has these friends. But, like, there are some of Laura's friends that I get along with more than others. And there's some of my friends that Laura gets along with better than others, if you know what I mean, right? She'd rather hang out with this friend and not this friend. I'd rather hang out with her friend, but not this friend. And so we're cordial to all of them, and we're in the same room. We want to treat them very good. And what really comes down to is when I'm around some of Laura's friends or she's around some of my friends that just probably wouldn't be friends if it wasn't for us, we treat them well, right? Why do I treat that woman well? Because she loves my wife, and I love my wife. We have Laura in common. Laura's kind to my friends that she probably, some of them wouldn't want to hang out with because she loves Kyle and they love Kyle. They have that in common. And I was thinking about like that example of the police officers and the firefighters and the motorcycle riders that sometimes they'll go to funerals for people that they don't even know. Right? Some of these police officers were standing on that bridge watching a police officer go by that they, they didn't even know. I'm sure police officers and firefighters and motorcycle people, they, they go to funerals for people who were in their group and they didn't like them. And they're honestly probably not going to miss them, but they're going to that funeral. Why is that? Because they share something in common. We serve in the same group together. We serve in the same unit together. We, we share something in common in life. And I think as challenging as it may be when God calls us to love people in our lives that we really don't like, that we do that because we have something in common. Jesus loves them. We love Jesus. So we treat them as Jesus wants us to view them. And again, sometimes it's easy, like Alexis and Larry, right? But sometimes it's challenging and hard, and we need to remember, what do we have in common? We love Jesus. Jesus loves them, so we need to love them, right? Sometimes it's easy. Sometimes it's not. But it's essential because relationships are the most important part of life. So what's the point today? What's the big idea? What's the takeaway? I just told you. <laughs> Relationships are the most important part of life. What does that look like for you now? What would that look like for you in 2023? And a couple of things maybe to ask you to do, some action steps to consider. Uh, one would be make relationships the priority of your life, right? God, neighbor, and self. It's okay to be great at what you do. It's okay to strive to get good grades. It's okay to be the best player that you can be. It's okay to try to have a career that you make a difference and make an income. All that's important, but not as important as relationships. Are you making the relationships in your life the most important part, right? Make relationships with God, neighbor, and self the priority in your life. And then secondly, anchor your relationships in Jesus. Why do I love this person? Well, sometimes it's easy to love them. Why should I love this person? Because Jesus loves this person, right? As we anchor our relationships in Jesus, it strengthens the relationship. I'm a better husband to my wife, Laura, because I'm anchored in Jesus Christ. I'm a better parent to my son, Luke, and my son, Nathan, because those relationships are anchored first in Jesus. I'm a better pastor. I'm a better friend. I'm a better human being. I'm a better neighbor when I anchor those relationships in Jesus. What if America did that? What if North Carolina did that? What if Charlotte did that? What if South Park did that? What, what if 
Your street where you live did that. What kind of world would this be? And finally today, I think probably the most important thing was that first thing, to love God. And here's the thing. The God of the universe wants to be in a loving, personal relationship with you. The God of the universe that's created all these planets and all these galaxies and all these billions of people wants to be in a loving, personal relationship with you. That just blows my mind that God wants that relationship with me. Because God created you as a son or a daughter of God in God's image. You are good. There's goodness in you because God created you in his image. He gave us this earth. He gave us lungs in our, with, with breath in our body. He gave us this beautiful place that we live in. He gave us friends and family and church. Right? God gives us all this. And even when we mess up and we do the wrong thing and we, we hurt ourselves or we hurt other people through our actions and we, we break relationships, right? We, we encounter what the Bible says is hell, broken relationships. When we do wrong things and we feel guilty and we feel shame, Jesus said, that's not why I created you. And I'm going to fix that. And he left heaven and he came to the earth and he died on a cross and he took all that junk with him. And when he came back to life, he says, you can have life to the full now. You can have your guilt and shame replaced with joy and peace. You can live now a life to the full and forever in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus is dying literally to be in a relationship with you. And if you don't yet know who he is, I would invite you to open your heart and say, Jesus, thank you for doing that. Please come and live in me and forgive me and be my Lord and Savior. I want to be in a relationship with you. And I hope you keep coming back to the church because we will help you learn what it looks like to pursue a relationship with Jesus. You don't have to be lonely. You don't have to be broken. You can find wholeness in your lives. Relationships are the most important thing in the world. The most important thing in life. Make them a priority and anchor them in Jesus. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Now to those of you who are worshiping in our traditional space, we'll turn it back over to you and look forward to seeing you in the crossroads for coffee and donuts. If you're watching online or listening to our podcast, we'll hope you'll stay here and uh, finish out this, this uh, service with us. And to those of us in the modern space, we'd like to shift our attention to uh, it being All Saints Sunday. And we, with other churches around the world today, remember the people in our congregation who died over the past year. And we celebrate their lives and we remember the good things about them and we miss them because they're gone and we celebrate that they're with God in heaven and that we will see them again when we call Jesus our Lord and Savior. And so today we're going to show you a picture of those folks who passed away and I will read their name and we'll just pause for a moment. And I invite you to maybe bring to mind a memory that you have of them. If you don't know them, to say a, a silent prayer for them or for their family who's still grieving them and, and celebrate their life. And at the end, after I've read all these names, I'm just going to give you the opportunity to say aloud from where you are, anyone in your life who's died and you miss them and you want to celebrate them and lift them up, that you can lift them up today and we will honor them as well. So let's take some time and remember our saints Jim Allison. Pat Allison. Carol Bostic. 
Chapman. Debbie Coles. Hilda Daly. Jean Ellis. Phyllis Grossclose. Camp Marks. Sally Mounts. Louise Neslick. Marietta. feel led to say aloud anyone that you would like to lift up today who's gone to be with God in heaven. Let's pray together. Dear God, we thank you for the relationships that you give us in our lives, that you love us first and foremost, that you've created us in your image, and you died on the cross to be in a relationship with us forever, God. Thank you for that great gift. Thank you, God, for friends and family and for church family, God, for all that Alexis and Larry shared with us and Cheryl and Guy last week about the importance of relationships, real relationships. Help us to be good friends to others, God. Help us to love those that are easy to love and help us to love those that are hard to love because you love all of us. God, today we honor the saints in our church and in our lives who have finished their earthly existence, God, and gone to be with you in the glorious kingdom of heaven. Thank you for who they are and what they mean to us, God. And thank you for the many memories that we have and still be with us, God, as we continue to grieve because we miss them, because we shared something so powerful and important with them. And thank you, God, for the hope of the resurrection that you made possible through Jesus, that death is not the end. It's a transition, God, to a better place when we have this relationship with you. So, Jesus, we invite you into our lives. Be our Lord and Savior. Be our friend. Be our guide. Be our God. And may we love each other as you love us. In the holy name of Jesus, we